You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode with Jesse Thompson today, who is the ex-executive director of the Community Action Agency. Jesse, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So I, like uh, most... Probably a lot of listeners don't really know much about the Community Action Agency, so I'm really excited to get into what you guys do um, after reading up a little bit on it. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about you and how you end up in Oklahoma. Sure. I'm actually not a native Oklahoman. Um, I grew up in Alabama um, and moved out here 2004. Uh, My husband got his first job out here out of college. So out we came, and I was hired on here at Community Action in 2005 as a data coordinator, and I've, I've been here ever since. I just, I love it here. Yeah. So growing up in Alabama, what were you, did you kind of see yourself doing this kind of work, was, or did you, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to Mississippi State uh, for elementary education. I initially thought teaching was my passion. And it was for a little bit. I, I did teach uh, in early childhood for several years. Uh, but once we moved out here, I kind of found this path. And thinking back, I think I've always wanted to serve. Um, I really started probably in high school when I went to a church mission camp in North Carolina. That was We went out to people's homes and fixed them up and, and visited with the seniors. And um, it was really touching and and you really poverty isn't something that you think about as a teenager but it hit home with me and it is it's everywhere even though sometimes it gets overlooked poverty is very present Mm -hmm. so so did the job bring you to Oklahoma or did something else Uh, my husband's job brought us out here Um, he found a structural engineering firm and uh, started out there Um, but I had happened to run into somebody that works here or used to work here at church and she knew of an opening and heard me talking about serving and said, I know someplace you could work. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. And it says you, you went to OU as well, right? I did for my master's. I went back um, and it was mainly online, mm-hmm. uh, but earned my master's through administrative leadership there. Um, and it was, it was good work. It was a good course. Yeah. What was it like for you to come to Oklahoma and Oklahoma City back when, you know, when your husband, you got that job and came here? What was the city like? Kind of what was your expectations coming in? It, it was a little daunting because I am from a smaller town in Alabama and uh, the school where we were, Mississippi State, is in a small town. Um, but we first settled in Mustang, Oklahoma, which was a small town in the suburbs. And that kind of helped alleviate that big city transition. Mm -hmm. And then the people here, it doesn't really feel like a metro. Uh, The people here are are very welcoming and um, down home and they talk to you on the street. (laughs) Um, So it wasn't a huge, huge transition. Yeah. It wasn't really hard to settle in. Yeah. Well, it's good. I'm sure in your time in Oklahoma City, probably like myself, I've been here for almost nine years now. Um, you know, 
it just kind of, it grows where you, you know, you grow with the city, right? Like the city yes. adds up and it's, you're right. Like everybody, it has that small town feel, but you know, obviously we're not a massive city, but uh, like, I guess per, 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 per square foot, we're quite a big city, which yes. is, downtown we're not, but then the limits is quite a big city limits. But um, so, so someone at church says to you, Hey, there's a potential, you know, job opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, looking for a job at the time, think, sure, why not? Let, let me see what it's all about. And you do it. Right. And I was thinking it was just going to be a, a low stress because I was new to the area. Let's just try and, and dig, tip my foot, stick my foot in the water. But um, data coordinator, I was data coordinator for the Head Start program, which is our early childhood program for the very lowest of poverty. It's, it's 100% poverty level. So I was processing applications for people who were enrolling and I was seeing their stories and it, it really floored me how people can survive and get by on so little. Mm-hmm. And it really instilled a passion to, to stay here and help. Yeah. It's and, and from personal experience recently, like I, me and obviously Addie who, who set this up between us, uh, we're both on the, on the regional food bank board. Um, okay. I didn't know, you know, you, you just, if you're not aware of it, you just don't, you don't know, do you? You, you just, it's not something that you think about, but right. yeah, being in those exercises and learning about that, it definitely opens up your eyes to realize how, you know, what stuff is there and, and how people are surviving, uh, mm-hmm. stuff, not just in Oklahoma, but nationwide as well, but it's, you know, the, the impact that, that people like yourself and the organizations like yours have, it's, it's tremendous, isn't it? And everything counts. It does. So I guess from that point, then you dove straight in and grad, you know, really got into it. And, you know, you now obviously in the executive director role. moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I stayed in the Head Start program for about nine or 10 years. I was the assistant to the director there uh, for a long time. And then after completing my master's, I became the director of the special projects division, which let me see more of the affordable housing that we do. Uh, we renovate houses and then lease them to income eligible families. Mm-hmm. And that it really touched my heart. And I mean, there's nothing like seeing a little boy run down and pick out his bedroom. I mean, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and I did four houses um, before I was promoted again to the HR director and policy management. Um, that one, I was there for probably two or three years and then mm-hmm. I've been promoted again to, I think the top, I don't think I can go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, I get, you get such an appreciation, right? For what the opportunity that we have and that people have when you help families and, and kids, you know, you see them picking out their bedroom and you realize what it means to them to have a bedroom yes. and their own bedroom. Um, right. This family had been couch surfing. Yeah. Staying with family and friends and we were going to be able to give them a four bedroom home for $500 a month. I mean, yeah, that's a huge deal for them. So, so the, so the community action agency, what I guess in a nutshell do you guys do? And then the services do you guys provide? Sure. Uh, community action agencies are kind of unique. Um, we were, Created in 1964, we've been around for forever. And the general idea was to give a local agency federal dollars and let that agency find the needs in the community and serve, develop programs 
to serve those needs. Um, so we're really broad based and we're based on, we do a, a needs assessment every few years and determine the top three needs and design programs around that. Um, our largest program is the Head Start program that is really a, a full family, whole family program, serves the youngest members of the family, but we also engage the parents and or other family members to see what other social services or what other goals they might have. Mm -hmm. And we help them set goals to get better, to better their situation uh, throughout the year. But we also have several other programs. We have the down payment and closing cost assistance program. We have the affordable rentals. We have right now COVID relief is a huge thing uh, where we're helping pay those emergency needs for families who are struggling. Um, but we also have small business training and uh, legal assistance and uh, emergency home repair. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a long, it goes on and on. If, if you have a need, give us a call. And if we don't have something that'll help you, we know who can. Right. Um, yeah. I'm sure, you know, in the time that you've been there, there's been so many things that you've seen and, and just being able to, you know, be that shining light and have an impact. But at the same time, one of the things that we noticed when we were doing some of the exercises with the food bank was that even though the families that, that were applying for it didn't make a lot of money, they made too much money, Yes, which is, we you know that number for us, we couldn't really, we couldn't believe what, how low that number was and they effectively made too much. Right. I'm sure there's been some situations that you've had to, you know, you, you can't help everybody, sadly. And that's always the case. There's always a few who are heartbreakers that are just over. Um, and um, sometimes it happens where they can come back the next year, unfortunately, and something's happened and they do qualify. Yeah. Um, this year with COVID, we've had a lot of people qualifying for things who don't usually because of job loss and, and wage loss. Yeah. Uh, but it is... It is a, a real thing that some people do fall off that cliff. They make just too much. Yeah. For, um, you know, you, you, were, you were put into this position at the start of the year before we really knew what 2020 was going to be. <laughs> right. You know, with big plans and, and, and ready to, to help out and make a change. Uh, and then obviously every fundraising company and foundation and charity has been hit, you know, mm -hmm. most. How has that been? What's, what's that been like? And obviously you guys have started up the COVID relief as well as another service. What has that been like as a few during the position as well? Yeah, we had to shift gears um, and how we offer our services because we are, you know, we serve the community. So we're typically face to face and everything we do is, is open door and, and handshakes and hugs even. Um, so switching to virtual was difficult. Um, but we have, we've managed, I would like to say pretty well, um, we switched to virtual classes for some of our families for Head Start and we're offering tax services virtually for the first time ever. Um, it's just been, it's been an interesting year. I will say that. Um, and I just, I had to learn on my feet. Uh, we don't do a lot of fundraising. So we didn't have that hit that a lot of other nonprofits had. Most of our programs are run through grants. Um, and a lot of our funding sources continued to let us use grants even if we weren't necessarily open. 
So that was definitely a blessing. And then the, the CARES Act funding that came down was additional funding to help serve those emergency needs. Um, and it, it has been huge, the, the COVID funds. Yeah. And it, I'm sure it's great for you guys to have, like the, uh, I was looking at the structure that you guys have, right? You know, you have yourself and everybody that's on the board, but you also have the representatives, the area representatives that you meet with to understand what it's really like, you know, yes. like that. I think there's a lot of people out there who might have one or two people like that, but you know, for you guys to have an equal amount, you know, over 10 people that are in different areas to communicate with, it just makes it, I assume really a lot easier to, to communicate and really realize where the need is. It is. And, and community action agencies are unique. I think in that um, a lot of other nonprofits don't have that voice from the community directly on their board. Um, it's required at a federal level that all community action agencies, a third of their board has to be low income representatives of the community. Mm -hmm. um, and I do, I think that's a powerful voice to have yeah, on your board. Yeah, for sure. It's, and, and, I, and I'm sure you guys get, have time to go out and, and hang out and meet. And obviously you doing, being in the, being in the, working for the company for so long, you've had those opportunities. Yes. Uh, just, you know, pre COVID to meet those people. And like you said, give hugs and smiling faces and really engage. It's much easier to put a face with someone you're working with and be able to help that person than have them as a number and a name on a spreadsheet. Right. Yes. Yes, we are definitely a presence in the community and we go out to all the neighborhood meetings that we can and make sure that the neighborhoods are aware of everything that we can provide. Um, and we have offices that are in different areas of the community. So they don't necessarily have to come to our main office to get assistance. They can go to the office that might be closest to them. Yeah. And they do, they know our workers and they know our staff. Well, so for people like how, how, what's the best way to reach out and get services and help and, and how does that look? Sure. Our website is the best way. That's uh, CAA of OKC.org. Um, if you want to apply quickly and easily, that's the place to go. Um, we're open eight to five though, Monday through Friday, and they can call 405 uh, 2320199 and we can help however we can that way. Yeah, is there a kind of like a, a more um, popular need, I guess? You know, you mentioned you, you go through your needs every year. What has been the main need for this year and then kind of reoccurring needs? Uh, this year, the highest need post COVID has been rent and mortgage and utility. Um, we've helped over 2000 households so far and I still have a million dollars left to give um, in that program. And, and we're, I, I don't, I'm not afraid that we're going to not going to spend it <laughs> because we are still receiving calls. And, um, unfortunately with the moratorium ending on evictions, I think that ends in January, we are afraid that we're going to see quite a few evictions. Um, so hopefully we can help with that. Yeah, hopefully there's, uh, hopefully we have some some understanding landlords, right? Right. Uh, how do, what, what is kind of like your main source of fundraising then? Like how do you guys get us get that obviously from the government, but is there other sources as well? We have lots of different sources. Um, we have federal, we have state and we have city partners with city of Oklahoma city, city of Midwest city. And we have private uh, banks that have helped us in several other grants. And um, we have a, 
a little grant from the Oklahoma Bar Foundation that lets us partner with legal aid to provide free legal assistance. Um, and this year, that is one thing that I'll say going in as new executive director, I wanted to grow partnerships and grow the agency. And my phone has been ringing off the hook since COVID started with agencies and other partners wanting to help. So nonprofits have pulled together in unpre unprecedented ways. Uh, we're all sharing information and sharing best practices and, and funding ideas during this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really good to see for the community to come and, and kind of rally around the, the serious need of, basic shelter and, and rent. Yes. So, is there, uh, is there anything else that kind of pops up obviously with medical and COVID and stuff, that might be another one, but, um, anything else that kind of just is, you know, something that, that the listener might not think is a huge need, but it, it really is. Hmm. I always fall back to Head Start and that early education, um, so I think this year, sometimes the children get forgot and forgotten in the hustle and bustle of, you know, we have to make bills, which is, you know, maintaining your housing is a huge need, but children need that day-to-day -day routine and children need somebody who will listen to what they need to do and, and need somebody to have a conversation with. Yeah. I know my 14 year old <laughs> talks my ear off with every, every minute he can, cause he's, he's home. He's virtual right now. Yeah. Um, those, those little kids need to, to try and get back in the classroom if they can. And, and we are open, uh, for Head Start, and we are taking all the kinds of precautions that we can. Mm -hmm. So if there's a family out there that, that needs that preschool service, they can give us a call and we can at least provide them a few hours of that early education. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Sadly, it can be a, a, like a really severe downward spiral, right? You know, you yep. things just and it's it's people like yourselves and the foundation that you know and the act you know the the foundations like yours that kind of come in and just put a stop to it and look, let's just let's get you guys settled and you know build on one thing first and then let's find a house and then let's go education and how right. it is it's it's amazing how important just going to school is you know they need the children really need that routine I, I truly believe that yeah what what does it look like i guess you know closing out this year and then going into next year where is your focus is there an also you, you know you got similar i assume needs for next year as well so far it looks that way um i was just on a meeting this morning with the city of el reno and we're planning to partner there to offer rental and utility and nutrition assistance uh, with more funds. And then we are moving back into the MetroTech facility in January to offer Head Start and childcare there. Um, so it, I think we'll, we will continue to grow and partner uh, and continue to assess the needs and meet them as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's all you can do, right. Is, is the best job the you know, best you can and, and, provide value and, and services to, to those in need and as many of those people as possible. It's, I'm sure it's always for other, for other people looking in, it's always to help. It's always easy to help people when others are already helping, isn't it? Rather than being yes. first to help out. And it's it takes partners. Yeah, you're right. And it's, is there, 
Peter, I mean, there might be someone listening who owns a business or works for a business that are looking for those partnerships. Do they just reach out to the website directly? What's the best way? Sure. Uh, they can give my office a call. Um, they can uh, there's contact us through the website or they can email me. Um, I'm just executive director at CAA of OKC.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be glad to talk to anybody who wants to partner. Yeah. Um, obviously with the, you know, the goal that like you mentioned is build your goal was to build those partnerships out. Um, what has that been like to have those people on board and people reach out, uh, that you may have not even contacted, but they reach out. It's been wonderful to have other uh, businesses hear of us this year and and the work that we're doing. And and they're so moved that they'll give us a call and say, we want to help how, um, it's really been a beautiful thing to see going forward. You know, it's, it's, and for everyone listening, I'll put the links down below how people can reach out and get involved going forward, you know, into next year. And and now that you understand, you know, you, I'm I'm sure you've learned a lot this year, pivot, having to adjust on the fly with whatever it is and getting to people via the internet technology, social distancing, whatever, you guys are much more prepared now to go forward. Um, what is that like, you know, going into next year and planning for next year and then just trying, I, I, I assume you guys are prepared and ready, but I mean, how, how does that feel? Like from someone in your position, that's, that's, you know, a leader and a top of top of the tree understanding and, you know, pointing people in the right direction. Mm-hmm. How, how is that? How does that feel? And how do you make sure that you take full advantage of now the understanding you have of what we've been dealing with in 2020? Sure. Um, I'm thinking you plan for the best, expect the worst, um, or plan for the worst, hope for the best. I just, you gotta be ready to roll with it this year. I mean, I was, I was brand new in January to this position, kind of had a general idea and was really just getting a feel for it. Mm-hmm. when the rug got pulled out from under me um and we just had to had to learn on the fly yeah so that's something i think i'll take away from this is that you can make all the best plans and but you gotta you gotta expect change and you just you gotta roll with it when it happens and you gotta support your staff and be there for them because they're the ones that are really going to make it happen for you yeah um i think clarity i guess for, for the listeners on on people that are in need they reach out they get accepted they get their help how is the the funding for, for businesses that are helping out and partnering how how do they see where their donations and, and the fundraising how do they see where that goes to and, and how then for the people who are receiving that funding how do they receive it and to make sure that you know they're getting the right amount, what they need exactly. And it's going to the right thing rather than somebody taking advantage of it. Sure. No, I understand for the COVID specifically, I assume you're asking. Um, yeah, I mean for all really. Yeah. Um, well for that program, we pay the bill. So if they give us the late notice, we pay the landlord. If they give us the OG and E bill, we pay OG and E. Um, if someone wants to donate to a specific program, we can tell them for sure, or they can tell us where they want that money spent. And our accounting department keeps everything separately. Yeah. So we can, we can promise that that money will be spent on that program. Yeah. Um, we don't give direct cash assistance to people. So we pay the need, um, or we provide the service 
sure. but we don't we don't cut somebody a check. So <laughs> yeah, you're not running out there and handing somebody a fifty bucks and to go get right. No, we'll we'll pay your water bill to the city of Oklahoma City, but <laughs> yeah. we're not going to pay you to go pay your water bill. Yeah, when you when you started working for um you know the action agency did you ever see yourself being in this position was this a goal for you to to just naturally progress to to the executive director position no No? (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i ever until the last three or four years when other people suggested that i should yeah that they could see me here i never thought that i would be running a a nonprofit. it's Mm -hmm. It's kind of wild when you sit back and think, when I sit back and think about it. Um, my parents are extremely proud and, and my husband and children are, but it is definitely not something that I could have drawn out. <laughs> yeah, I, I've spoken to many, many people that are in your position and they all say the same thing. It's something that, you know, they fall in love with the process of helping. Yes. Naturally, you you just, it just happens over time that, you know, you, you just... You know, people see that you're passionate for it and you like, you're good at what you do and they want you to do more and better and you, you know, you naturally progress and now you end up after 14 years in, in the executive director role. My dad says if, if you tell people what they should do long enough, they'll put you in charge of it. <laughs> so unfortunately, I think that may be what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I need to try that one with my wife. Maybe I'll be in charge of more things. We'll see. <laughs> oh that's funny um well i think you know a lot of people now understand more about what you guys do who you help out the amount of reach that, that the action agency has uh I, I definitely didn't realize how much reach it was before you know researching you guys and looking up and everything it's it really is amazing and obviously it's down to yourself the team that you work with and the partners that make it all possible yes it is and thank you for researching and, and thank you for reaching out. Um, I, it's been great to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on things now. And, and hopefully one day I get to be able to help out and we can go and you know meet some families. And, and I'd love to come and help out as best I can. Uh, right. Maybe the podcast makes millions of dollars and I get to, <laughs> but I get to donate some back, which would be nice. <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor a podcast, let me know. Uh, <laughs> But no, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, uh, for everyone listening, I'll post the links down below to the Action Agency uh, and where people can go donate, apply, uh, and really kind of get involved because the impact that you have on just the Oklahoma City community, you know, it, it goes a long way. And, and these people that are getting the help uh, are going to become part of the community or already are part of the community. And that's just going to keep, you know, cycling the, the, the good stuff back and, you know, through and, you know, getting jobs and all the rest of it, it's um, its really cool to see. And I'm sure the impact that you've seen over 14 years is, I mean, it keeps you coming to work every day. Yes, it certainly does. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate it for everyone listening. I'll post all the links down below and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. How was that? Was that That's okay? great. Yeah? Yeah. We've got everything across that we needed to, to tell everybody. I think we did. Okay, awesome. Well, I'll get this edited. I'll put it out, uh, let's see, next week, I think. Okay. Depending on, I'm trying to think, Christmas is Friday, is it? Yeah. Um, I might wait and put it out in the new year, just so okay. it's, so it, people actually listen to it. Because I think if I put it out Christmas Day, no one's going to listen to it. Because <laughs> uh, I usually post Monday, Wednesday, 
Friday, but over the holidays, I've just done kind of Tuesday, Thursdays just to break it up. So I'll put, um, I guess the Monday after Christmas, people are actually possibly back in their cars and listening to podcasts, not (laughs) Christmas day. But, um, if there's anything else in the meantime, I think Addy has my email. Just let me know if there's anything you want me to push out and tell people, uh, I have a weekly email list that I post every Thursday. So okay. If you ever want to put in that, just let me know. We can, we can add stuff in as well. So, All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.